so good singing with God's people and just having these reminders of truth drilled into our hearts again. Uh, well, this morning, as Hyg mentioned, we're going to be talking about the kindness of God, and it's going to be a little bit different. Um, for one, usually we work through a single book of the Bible just week after week, uh, so this is going to be different in that way. Also, usually we're working through a single passage. Uh, this week, we're working through a number of different passages, so a little bit different than normal. Um, also, I will mention as a disclaimer that uh, we will have a long intro, so if you're, wait, if you're looking at, say, the bulletin and there's this sermon outline on the back page, um, and you're waiting for the points, you got to wait a while, okay? So, uh, j- just a warning ahead of time. I know sometimes people are like, wait, wait, did he say the first point already or not? Or, so, j- just wait, I'll make it clear when we do, so, all right? Well, let me pray for us and ask for God's grace in this time. Our Father... We want to hear from you. We hear so many voices from so many different places. But right now, we want to hear from you. Help me, Father. Help us to hear. Show your grace through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, kindness is really a rather popular idea in our culture. You hear slogans like, choose kindness, right? Or you have a coffee cup that says, be kind. Or um, you might have seen those campaigns to practice random acts of kindness, right? Kindness is fairly popular. And it's a good thing on the whole, especially when the person in front of me pays for my drink at Starbucks, right? Are you supposed to pay then for the person behind you? Is that the way that works? And then are they, when does it end, right? Somebody's got to end and just get the free drink, right? But kindness is popular and and that's a good thing. A lot of people understand it's bad to be mean and good to be kind. Like we learned that in kindergarten, I think, right? And in many ways, it is good. It's, It's an expression of God's common grace to our world that people recognize that in general, being mean is bad and being kind is good, that kindness is a good thing, that we need more kindness in our world. We don't always practice it, but it it is good in general that our world recognizes that. At the same time, any understanding of or attempt at kindness is going to be stunted and at some point distorted if we do not start with God's kindness. We must start with God's kindness. And, and that's what we want to do this week. If you remember last week as we went through Ephesians 2, Jason exposited for us and, and we came across this phrase, the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's a mouthful. But we want to take and camp out on that reality of kindness. We want to take a, take a deep dive into the kindness of God. And so we want to start with just asking this question, what is kindness? What does it mean to be kind? Kindness really is both a disposition, a heart, and the accompanying actions that flow from that heart. It's a heart of thoughtfulness. To others' needs. It's a heart of tenderness. It's a heart of caring for others. It's a desire 
for someone else's good. It's an inclination to help. And then out of that heart of kindness flows actions of kindness. Actions that benefit, that are useful, that bless others, right? There need to be both of these, right? If you do not have a heart of kindness, but you do kind actions, guess what? You're probably manipulating somebody, right? You're probably just trying to get them to like you or get something from them. It's not genuine kindness, right? If on the other hand, you think you have a heart of kindness, but there's never any action that flows out of that, it's hard to say that it's actual kindness, right? It's both a heart, a disposition, and the actions that flow out of that. It's worth noting here that kindness also isn't always niceness or affirmation. What actually benefits or helps another person may be painful. Think of a dentist drilling a cavity or a surgeon removing a cyst. It's a kindness. It's a help. It's something useful for you, right? You might think of Proverbs 27 where it says faithful, or we could say kind are the wounds of a friend. So kindness may be a friend speaking hard words to you. Why? Because their heart is kind towards you and their actions, their words in this case, are in turn helpful, useful, even though they might be hard to hear. Or kindness might be take, take the form of lovingly and faithfully disciplining your children. We could add to this that kindness is often unexpected and I think undeserved. There, there's an element of grace in here. and We even see that connection in Ephesians there, right? The riches of his grace in kindness. It is doing good to somebody when there is no obligation. When the person could have ignored you or even responded with hostility, but still they help. They respond with words of gentleness instead of defensiveness. They go the extra mile to meet the need that they didn't have to go. They graciously give. That is kindness. It's unexpected. It's undeserved. Now think about what all this means when it comes to the kindness of God. We're saying that God's heart is kind. That he has a disposition, a posture that desires good, that is generous, that is gracious, that is giving. That that's his nature. He is kind. And that nature of God, that aspect of his nature in turn directs his actions. In all kinds of unexpected and undeserved ways, he does good to people. He gives gifts. He bestows blessings. He is kind. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, known as the Septuagint, there is this, these words in Psalm 119, 168, where it says, you are good, or could be translated kind, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. You are good or kind. You are kind and you do kindness. I don't know if it's said properly, right? But you see both there. God is both kind in his nature and he does kindness. This is our God. He is kind and he acts in kindness. Now if we're honest, this can be difficult to believe when life 
is hard. When we're in pain, when we're in the dark, when we're waiting. Sometimes our circumstances don't feel like kindness. Sometimes they feel like punishment. Sometimes we have trouble sensing God's heart. It doesn't feel like he's kind. We need to believe, learn to believe and have imprinted on our hearts God's kindness in those times when, according to human wisdom, God isn't being kind. It doesn't feel kind. On the flip side, when life is good, we tend to completely take God's kindness for granted. We just assume it'll be there. We kind of forget that it even comes from him. Maybe even we begin to assume that we're entitled to God's kindness somehow. So this morning, our goal is to kind of get God's kindness in front of our eyes to the point that in the hard times, when it doesn't feel like kindness, we still believe that his heart is kind and he is acting in kindness towards us. And we want to get it in front of our eyes and into our hearts to the point that in the good times, we do not forget God's kindness and we recognize it instead and give thanks for it. We want God's kindness to become a part of the way we think and what we believe in the day-to-day and the way we interpret and view life. To know that always in everything, our God is kind and he acts in kindness. So we're going to look at three realms or areas in which we see God's kindness. Number one is God's kindness in the everyday. Every single day, every single person on the planet experiences God's undeserved kindness. Listen to Luke 6, verse 35 and 36. This is Jesus speaking. He says, but love your enemies And do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Notice a couple things about this passage. First of all, notice some of the words used in parallel with kindness here. It it helps continue to fill out our understanding of kindness. Right In, In verse 35, he talks about loving your enemies and doing good. These are aspects of kindness. And then at the end, in verse 36, he speaks of being merciful. This is what kindness is about. Second, notice here again the unexpected, undeserved nature of kindness here. Right? Verse 35, the end of the verse there, you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to who? The deserving and the grateful? No, the ungrateful and the evil. He's kind to them. That's God's kindness to us, ungrateful and evil though we are. What's interesting here is that in the parallel passage in Matthew, Jesus speaks of God causing the sun to rise and the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you put these together, you see that God's kindness is expressed in things like the sun shining and the rain falling. I don't know about you, but that begins to get me thinking. And you realize, wow, if if God's kindness is displayed in just the everyday simple thing of the sun shining and the rain falling, 
Where else is God's kindness, right? That food you savored at dinner last night, that was God's kindness. That moment your kids were all laughing and playing together, I know it was just a moment when they were getting along, but no, that was God's kindness. That stunning view of the snow on the hilltops last week, that just picture of beauty, that was God's kindness to you. That medication that gives you relief from your chronic pain, that's an expression of God's kindness. If we have eyes to see, God's kindness is everywhere. So many little undeserved blessings, so many good gifts that we haven't earned, so many opportunities to give thanks for His kindness. Imagine this week if you were to open your eyes and recognize the little good things in the everyday as God's kindness, His heart of kindness towards you expressed in actions of kindness. From having a car that works to waking up and actually breathing, right? To having people that love you. Or to having things like central air conditioning and heating, right? God is kind to us in the everyday. Let's look at another aspect of this everyday kindness. Romans chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says this, Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Here we're getting into one of the purposes of God's kindness. So we've seen he's kind in all sorts of little ways in the everyday. And now this passage begins to point us towards one of the reasons why he's so kind to people. To everybody, not just his children. Why is he so kind to everybody? Now, in this passage, Paul is speaking to a Jewish audience, and he's calling them out for their tendency to assume they're right with God. So the people that Paul is writing to here in Romans 2 figure, oh, I'm good with God. Yeah, me and him, we're good, no problems. And they know that they have all sorts of kindnesses from God. They have the covenants, and they're the chosen nations, and they have the, this, the law given to them. They have all of these kindnesses given to them. And their assumption is that God's kindnesses towards them as a people means that God is happy and pleased and they are right with him. That's what they think. God's kindness in my life means that he's happy and pleased with me. And Paul's goal is to disabuse them of that idea. Just because God's being kind to you, he's saying to these Jewish Jewish. Jewish hearers, readers, doesn't mean that you're right with him. Instead, it means that God is kind. It means he's patient. And it means that he is seeking to lead you to repentance. He's seeking to melt your hard hearts with kindness. He's seeking to woo you, to show you that he's better than anything else you could chase after. There's a principle here that broadens out from just the Jewish audience to all of 
all, all, all people in all places, right? We all, as we just saw, experience God's kindness in things like the rain and the sun. Well, why is God kind to us? Well, part of it is simply because that is his nature. He is kind towards his creation. But there is also some intention in his kindness towards the world, towards even the unbeliever, that has a purpose to woo them, to, to show them, to bring them to repentance. And this is huge because in our culture, we, we get a lot of this attitude of, well, my life is so good, look at me, I'm making this much money and I got a wife and kids or whatever, uh, things are so good, God must, me and God, we're great, we're, he's happy with me. And I just want to say, be careful. You having a good life does not mean God's necessarily happy with you or that you're right with him. It means he's kind and it means he may just be being patient with you. It means, it may, it may just be his way of, of calling you to himself and saying, look, come to me, I am kind. In fact, remember where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy. That's the same word, root word for kindness. It's Jesus calling, come to me, I'm kind. God's kindness is meant to woo us to himself, to convict us of our sin. And so friend, if, if you have never really trusted in Christ, you've just assumed I'm good with God, look at my life, my family's kind of Christians, and they like Jesus, and, and, and my life's going pretty well, so I must be good with him. Let me just tell you, don't assume. Be warned right here. This, this, is, this is God's invitation. His kindness is his invitation to come to really know him. To actually trust him. Come to the one who is kind. Trust in his finished work, in Jesus' finished work on the cross, and bank on his kindness for your salvation. If this is you, if God is working in your heart right now, please come talk to somebody. Ask somebody around you. We'd love to help you know more about God's kindness. It's seen in the everyday towards everyone. So God's kindness in the everyday. Number two, God's kindness in salvation. We see God's kindness in countless ways every day, but none of them compares to the brilliance of God's kindness in salvation. It's like the moon and the sun, right? Like the moon, the everyday kindness is, is a little bit like the moon. It, it, it shines, it's beautiful, it's good, we're grateful for its light but it's really reflecting something far more brilliant that outshines it, makes it pale in comparison. And that's God's kindness in salvation. Listen to Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. We're going to camp out here for a little bit. It says this, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness, root word there is kindness, and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
There's a lot in there, but notice some things. First of all, look at verse 3. If you, if you just look at verse 3, what you would have expected to appear, to come onto the scene, would not have been kindness. If you look at verse 3, what would you have expected to appear? God's just judgment, right? That's what we would have expected. But instead, what appears is the kindness of God. This appearing, the root Greek word is the word from which we get epiphany. This appearing has kind of a couple layers to it, I think. On the one hand, this seems to be a reference to Jesus appearing. You want to know when kindness appeared? Well, when Jesus came, right? God's kindness came when he sent his son into this fallen, undeserving world to live and die and rise again for us. And in kindness, the eternal son lowered himself. He touched lepers. He healed the sick. He taught the wandering and lost crowds. He gave himself up to die for undeserving sinners. Jesus Christ is the kindness of God embodied. With him, the kindness of God appeared. So when we think, but when the kindness of God appeared, we think of Jesus' coming, of his appearance on earth as a man. But we also, there seems to be something even more specific, maybe more personal we could say, where God's kindness appeared in our lives when the Spirit took the work of Christ and his kindness and applied it to our hearts. That seems to be much of the emphasis here in Titus 3 there, right? Did you notice that? The, the Spirit, what, what did he do? He washed and regenerated and renewed. And then down in verse 7, he justified and he gave us an inheritance in Christ. These are God's kindnesses just overflowing, piling on top of each other. Think about each one of these. He washed us, purified us. The stain of sin was washed away and we were forgiven. That is God's kindness to us. He regenerated us. The Spirit made us alive, united to Christ and born again to be a new person, alive in Christ. That is God's kindness to us. The Spirit renewed us we were old, beaten down, and, and He transformed and restored us by His Spirit. That is God's kindness to us. He justified us. He, in Christ, we, we are acquitted, declared righteous before God. That is God's kindness to us. And He's given us an inheritance in Christ. We now look forward not to eternal judgment, but we look forward to an eternity in the presence of the God we were made to know. That is God's kindness to us. Our God is kind. And it just piles on top of each other in our salvation. Layer upon layer of His kindness towards us. Number three, God's kindness 
into eternity. God's kindness in the everyday, God's kindness in salvation, God's kindness into eternity. Sometimes we get the idea that God's kindness is kind of a one-time thing. Maybe that's because that's the way we think, right? That's the nice thing about paying for the person behind you at Starbucks or something is you just do it and it's not messy. You just, a couple bucks and you're done and you check that off your list. I got my kind, random act of kindness done for the day and I could move on. And God's not like that. All through our lives on earth, in all the everyday stuff, day after day, his kindness is on repeat like that song you can't stop listening to, right? Every day, again and again, it's just playing. God's kindness is constant. And, and all through our lives as Christians, we get to feast on God's kindness in the gospel and all of its benefits and implications. Like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Except not one of the cheap ones, like one that's actually good, right? And here's the deal, God's kindness doesn't stop with, with, with just in the everyday of this life or, or, or enjoying salvation in this life. God's kindness extends into eternity. Do you, do you realize how long eternity is? <laughs> it's forever. He, he won't stop being kind to you. That, that won't stop being his heart towards you. He is always kind. He will into and through eternity be kind. Look again at Ephesians 2.7 that we looked at last week. He made us alive. He raised us. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly realm so that, Ephesians 2.7, in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In the, in the coming ages, He's going to show the immeasurable riches of his kindness toward us in Christ in the coming ages. That's eternity, right? Now, what does this mean? Well, certainly, and I, I think uh, Jason emphasized this last week, it certainly means that God's kindness in saving us as sinners is like a tro- we're like trophies that are on display, and that display is going to last for eternity. So we're, we're always, each moment of eternity, in a sense, going to be a display. God saved that guy. Wow, he showed so much grace to Tim. Like, it, it's always throughout eternity showing the, um, the incredible nature of his saving work in our lives, right? But in addition, I think there's another element here that in the coming ages, God is going to keep pouring out the immeasurable riches of his kindness in even new ways. And I don't even know exactly what this will look like other than that it will be more of God giving and showing us himself. In other words, here's what I'm trying to say. Into, what's eternity going to be like? Just enjoying the past benefits of salvation, that kind of thing? Or is there more? Is there, is there even more grace, more kindness, more, dis, more displays and ways that God is going to shower us with goodness and with more of himself and a, even a deeper intimacy with him into eternity forever. Just going to keep going more and more and more of his kindness to us. He is like a husband prince who marries an impoverished whore. Luther talked about this and, and it's this idea that yes, the wedding is a display of unspeakable kindness and grace. But that's not it. 
this husband isn't going to stop and just say, well, I was kind to you by marrying you, and that's kind of where it stops. No, the husband is going to keep showing new kindnesses to his bride, keep showering her with new riches, keep drawing her deeper into a relationship with him. That's the kindness of God toward us. It's like him. Immeasurable, infinite, and endless. It's like a waterfall that never dries up. It just keeps flowing into eternity. It's not like one of those ones in Yosemite that's there if you're certain time of year you can see it and it's beautiful but other times of year it's just this rock face cliff right no god's kindness will keep flowing through and into eternity now as we step back and think about god's kindness in these different ways these different layers of it it's an opportunity for us to kind of recalibrate our view of god to ask ourselves, do I believe that God's heart is kind? Do I believe that he acts in kindness? Because sometimes our view of God gets distorted. Sometimes theologically, like this is what I believe about God. Sometimes just functionally, we, we kind of stop believing that God's actually kind. And for some of us, there, 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 there might be a real danger of us gravitating towards certain aspects of God's nature and to the neglect of others. We, we might gravitate towards God's sovereignty and righteousness and justice at the expense of his kindness. And we almost start to view God as kind of hard and vindictive. And, and, and let me be honest, sometimes it shows in the way that we treat others. Because guess what? If you believe God is hard and vindictive, unbending and harsh, guess what? You're probably going to treat others like that. And if that's you, if, if you find yourself viewing God that way, distorted in that way, and then acting that way, we need to spend some time just soaking in God's kindness until it begins to melt that hardness that we find in our own hearts. For others of us, the hardness and the suffering of life has led us to places where we're tempted to question whether God is kind. Feels like maybe God's mean, cold-hearted, unfair, that he's more against you than for you. And if that's you, If that's us, we, we need this view of God's kindness, the kindness of his heart and the kindness of his actions to push back those lies that have taken root in our hearts. Listen, you look at Scripture, and it's very honest about these things. Like God's kindness is sometimes mysterious. Sometimes it comes in the form of discipline. Sometimes it's hidden underneath layers of suffering and trials. I just want to say, listen, it, it might not always feel like it, but God's heart toward you is kind. It is pure, unadulterated kindness toward you as his child. And you may not be able to see it, but everything that God does in your life as his child is an expression of undeserved kindness. 
Child of God, hear this. Your God is kind, and he acts in kindness. Let's pray. Our Father, we confess our unbelief. We confess our little, weak faith at times to believe that you are kind and you act in kindness. Lord, captivate our hearts. Seal on our minds this truth that you are kind. Open our eyes to the million ways you are kind to us each day. Show us how to respond in gratitude and joy. How to walk in an awareness that you are kind. Thank you for the supreme kindness you have shown in Christ. And for the promises that we will enjoy it for all eternity. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.